our chat. Cinco de Mayo, 2017. My dog Truman's birthday, he's six years old. I'm here, it's Logan. There's no John. We have two people with me. And you're about to get your mind blown because you're about to hear the sweet, sweet, sweet music of cicadas in the background the second our guest takes his uh, microphone off mute. So I'll just let you think about how awesome that's going to be for a second. So I'm Logan. I'm the guy on Cigar Federation. Also, I have my good friend, colleague, and maybe potential business associate, Trip, with me. <laughs> hey, Trip, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm pretty good, too. We, uh, a couple, like, housekeeping things. We are on Facebook this week, but the video will be up later. Uh, but, of course, people are, are on watching. Facebook? We are not on Facebook today. I didn't think so. Because we're using Hangouts because John's not here and he handles all that technical stuff. And Hangouts is for us, us dumb people, I guess. Well, it's true. And we don't have to listen to John complain about, you know, you got to be here 10 minutes before the show starts because it did the thing won't oh, work. And you were here like 25 minutes before the show started today. That's bro, because That's I had to get deal. out of the house because my yeah. wife was about to drive me freaking up the wall, dude. So, ooh, uh, let me just say something. Is Go it was it. such a bad day for me today is that I freaking mainline four re- straight 100% Robusta espresso shots. Oh, you mainlined them, did you? Like quad, quad shots. Wow. And you know what? It kind of matched my day. It wasn't completely terrible. You know what I mean? It wasn't. I, I did mean, that it. sounds like a good way to start today. Dude, it had me going because I was. it was either going to be punching a hole through the, the roof of my office or drinking the coffee but anyways neither here or there uh so we've got i'm actually looking forward to this cigar chat unlike many uh because we actually have a guy here that says he knows about the fda so i get to challenge everything he says and it's going to be awesome so we're actually here to learn so andrew take a second and introduce yourself and make sure you take yourself off mute please hey everybody uh those are the cicadas that he was uh, talking about uh I work, I'm cutting in and out on the, the sound, so I'll, I'll miss some questions here every once in a while. Uh, but I'm in the Dominican Republic right now, Monte Cristi, uh, just hanging out here. And I thank you guys for having me on. Sure. No problem, man. So tell us, tell us about your a little bit about your, yeah, your business first. So I'm nope. one way or another. Uh, Andrew, can you start over? Start that part over again because you're cutting out. I apologize. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay, so I'm an importer distributor for some premium cigars. I actually work with over 50 companies in one way or another, uh, that and FDA being part of it. Uh, so I've been doing this for about seven years, been in the industry. Uh, so I know there's a, a lot of new things happening with the FDA, and that's why I'm here on the show, mostly to talk about my experience. And uh, sorry for the motorcycles as well. I'm sitting in front of my house. <laughs> So uh, I'd be more than happy to answer any questions that you, you guys have along the way. If you're able to take questions, I don't know if you have oh, that set okay. up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We've already got some audience questions. Too, okay. So, so you want to just jump into one? Go ahead. Yeah. Question, 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 question. Okay. Question one is that I am very negative about the FDA. I feel like come – well, the dates keep changing a little bit, but come February – you know, February 8th of 2019, the Cigar Federation store will probably cease to exist. You have a much more rosy and cheery and optimistic view of what's going to happen. Yeah. I've, Briefly, I've, tell me why this is. I've had that view since day one uh, on May 5th when they released that. I know there was a bunch Thinking of people. Thinking to Mayo, no less. A yeah, year, yeah, that's a year one, year anniversary, one year anniversary of hell. Um, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of information and hype. Uh, that wasn't so positive going out about it. I read the entire thing myself uh, that night. I skipped over the vape stuff, so but I just read the important stuff. And none of that was really talked about. Uh, from day one, nothing included us as premium cigars. Uh, can you still hear me? I don't know if I'm yep. cutting now. Okay. Uh, nothing that should exclude premium cigars from the substantial equivalence pathway. Um, there are no applications fees with this pathway. Um, I have spent probably close to a thousand hours total of all the time I've spent on the FDA, but you know, uh, a lot of that's answering questions. Uh, yeah, there's nothing that tells me it's going to cost that. There was a big concern about the uh, the testing. That was where supposedly a lot of the 
it's going to come from. However, the FDA has even said that they're not even going to create a list of what to potentially test for for at least three years after the regulation uh, was introduced. So that's more, or that's longer than we even have to register. So by default, I mean, register without it. Uh, I already have a, a grandfather product in, and you know you saw some come out already. Uh-oh. Um, so the the tail end of what uh, you're saying is that there are uh, applications that have been approved for Altadis and Ortega, I think. Sure. Uh, is Ortega yeah. your client? Oh, what's that? Your client? No, no, that's Frank Herrera who's working with them. Uh, yeah. And... But as soon as the my grandfather product is considered established, but the, ter the termination is done, uh, the, the the substantial equivalence uh, process will continue. Uh, and I've already talked to them many times. I've heard from both sides that uh, of the the Office of Compliance and the Office of Science that my registration really that it wouldn't pass. And the FDA has been actually. Be being as positive as I am about this, I apologize for that. Uh, but uh, every time something they have a question about, or if they think something's missing, or they want something to be worded a different way, they tell you. I mean, the guidances themselves were kind of vague, uh, but they're pretty good at helping you. And and I asked them flat out, so is is it ever going to come to a point to where, like, say, if something's missing, and you didn't tell me about it, that I'm just going to get a, a a not substantially equivalent or a, a, a marketing order that says I can't I can't sell the product and they said no you should that should never happen uh, you would always be notified beforehand and given a chance to provide that information so and as it is through the, the several years that it's already been in effect uh, about seventy percent of all substantial equivalent order applications that went through the entire process were approved. Uh, orders that said they're not allowed to sell and you can see all the stuff that was missing it'll it goes through a checklist of things says uh, not included not included not included not included and a lot of them didn't even have a predicate product so it, it's obvious as to why those ones were not approved hmm. so hopefully you guys got all that <laughs> I got, I got, we got most of it i think i got trip why don't you re recap it for me because i didn't quite catch the cicadas were whispering <laughs> softly in my earlobe <laughs> Um, let, let me think about how to recap that. So basically the FDA has told him flat out that they're not going to just deny for no reason and they're not going to just flat out they're not going to just flat out deny you if there is something missing from your application or something isn't good enough. They're going to come back to you and tell you you need to fix this and resubmit your application. And at that point, you can either withdraw your information if you feel you can't provide the information. So at least you're not going to get an order saying you can no longer sell. And during this period now, we can you could resubmit after that uh, once you've gotten the, with the information. And they give you uh, 30 days usually to get that information, whatever they asked you for. Okay. So question. So so under, understand that. Um, but there are no fees for filing a substantial equivalence application. Absolutely zero. Uh, actually, as far as I know, none of the pathways have any uh, fee. I don't know about the the pre uh, the PTMA uh, one, but I don't think any of them have a, an application fee. Another big argument about it in the beginning was they're saying that uh, if you don't have a grandfather product within your your portfolio you don't have anything to use as a predicate product um, but that actually is not even true uh, there is nothing that prohibits you from using anybody else's grandfather product um, as your predicate product there may that may bring up some questions during your application process of how do you know uh, that this is the same but you should be able to evaluate the product that's listed like for example the the vibes those are cigars. I mean, there's pretty much no difference between that and, and the cigar I'm smoking right now, other than, you know, the tobacco, maybe the qualities of the tobaccos, uh, the age of the tobaccos. Really, there's no other major difference. So I could use, I could literally use those as my predicate product. Uh, and, to, and so kind of best case interpretation, 
you could use anybody else's predicate product. And worst Absolutely. case, maybe you could just use one that was made in the same factory in the same Vitola. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even have to be the same Vitola, um, as far as I can tell. And again, this I'm, I'm just going off my experience here. Uh, nobody actually knows 100% what the FDA is thinking. Uh, but there, there's a clause in it that says, on the sub substantial equivalence, that says that at least it, it's, it's, it's different, but it does not pose any greater health risks. So okay. if, if you're from a, comparing a Corona to a Lancero, there's really no greater health risk to that extra couple inches on the cigar. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Any other questions, Logan, before I move into audience No, no ask audience questions. I'm just going to sit back and marinate for a second. Um, so Jason Myers has a question. He's heard some manufacturers and brand owners talk about the new FDA inspections, holds, and fees, but can't find any clear information about it. Yeah, it's because there isn't any. Exactly what this is and what it means for manufacturers importing. Yeah, and again, I guess I can talk, talk about only my experience. Uh, I work with over 20 factories among those brands. I have had three out of three shipments out of maybe 500 uh, that were placed on a hold. All three of them were in Texas. They didn't even come and inspect it. Uh, the, they just released it afterwards. Um, and the other two, the agent just showed up wherever, because we took the cigars out of the airport. They didn't even hold them there. Um, as long as it's cleared customs, you can remove it from the airport. Uh, so they came to the warehouse and looked at the cigars, opened up three cases, saw that everybody or everything was what the invoice says it was, and they just taped it back up and left. That so really it. those inspections are just for like sort of contraband or something that's not what you say I, it is. I think maybe what may have happened to some in the beginning where you just have an ignorant agent and didn't know what to do. So he just held it up or something like that. He or she, I guess say, sure. uh, like I said, from my experience, I haven't had any, I, one of the shipments came in with unbanded cigars that so did the inspection. Uh, she had releasing it just to clarify with her supervisors to see if that was okay that they didn't have any branding on them so but in the end everything has been pretty smooth I, I even had one clear the fda before it even left the country of origin so i mean at this point they're just rubber stamping it huh. interesting logan do you have another question huh you're dry you're no, too busy processing it, you no. might be in shock a little bit <laughs> no I, i'm not in shock because I'm not in shock because I mean I I get it, but so explain to me. And I don't know the exact math because I mean I'm not in the weeds like like you are, but since the FDA began regulating cigarettes, there's been I don't know three or four hundred applications, and from my understanding, no, it's a, it, sorry, it, it's actually been a couple thousand okay, total applications with about uh, ten approved. Oh no, not even close. It's a lot more than that. Okay. Uh, and then you freeze up right in the middle of my 2000 or something like that. Uh, so I think there's been about 600 of them that have gone all the way through the process. The vast majority of applications are people with, withdrew their application before it came to any determination. Okay. But this, this does bring another question. I don't know how in the world the FDA even intends to regulate the, the industry in a timely manner. Uh, as it is they've, over the last couple of years, They've had, you know, several thousand applications through that entire time. I have 2,240 SKUs right now uh, waiting to go through. So wow. and I'm not even 1% of the market. So I don't know how in the world they intend to, I mean, what I'm guessing could be as much as 100,000 different SKUs. How are they going to regulate that within one year? If, they, if they're, it already takes them one year to process uh, current App or previous application uh, levels, and they've only done a couple. Isn't that kind of by thousand. design, though? But isn't that kind of by design? If the goal is to stamp out kids smoking, I mean, then you fall back on, hey, we just got flooded with applications. Oh, unfortunately, there is a budgetary freeze. There's no what is it? The language you have to process the application well, in a reasonable time, right? That 
that could definitely hinder new products. And absolutely, this is going to hinder new products. I mean, you're literally going to be having to plan a year or two ahead uh, with applications before even releasing a product. Now, there's no way around that with the current regulations unless it gets removed. But um, the there is this grace period for us to apply for the substantial equivalence. And as long as we have the application in before that deadline, as long as it takes them to process it, you can keep selling it. Yeah, right. that's what I was going to clarify. As long as you have the application in. Okay. So let's pretend, let's march down the road. Let's say it takes. Oh, it's just, I got I gotta, I gotta to smoke outside. Okay, so uh, my only option You're is okay, man. the front porch. I'm just One of the chat room comments is that you have nothing but uh, mufflerless muscle cars. Going yeah, up and down that road. Oh, those are all actually all motorcycles. Yeah, oh, really? This is an interesting one. Outside of the cigar world, what are your other interests? Spirits, travel, food? Why, why are we asking this? I, I got questions. Hey, you wanted to go to an audience question. I did. Go ahead. I, I definitely like the spirits. Uh, Florida Kanye is my favorite rum. Uh, yeah, buddy. I'm jealous right now of Trip. Oh, He's yeah. got a number seven there. Um, he's also got a Jossum crawl that I'm with. I was supposed to be in Portland right now, but my wife's passport was expired. I never look at it, and apparently she doesn't either. So uh, that trip got delayed. So I am not smoking a Jossum crawl right now, but I'm liking what I got. So I'll, I'll save one for you for next time. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. Question. So let's fast forward three years down the road. You know, Jossum crawl's application has been pending. During this time, he still has been selling cigars. His business is growing. And let's say you have an unsuspecting retailer who has brought in his product, and he gets a letter saying, hey, your product did not pass substantial equivalence or whatever it is, right? At that point, does the product not become unsellable? Yes and no. I mean, enforcement is a tricky thing. You know, you do what you ever you do what you do until you get caught, I guess. And I'm not going right. to encourage anybody to do that. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, you're risking your money and your business doing that. Uh, but there's actually uh, they have. Uh, how should I say this? They've listed what the punishment is for uh, violating the, the act is first nothing, basically just give you a letter and if you get so many warning letters within a year of selling tobacco products um, but the first ones I, the nothing then it's like I don't even think it's a hundred dollars as a so it's not going to be to the point then where like a retailer has one facing of this cigar and a couple thousand letters it's not gonna be the point where this one retailer has one facing of a cigar and they go out of business because no they were selling no, it's not gonna or, happen okay and that's been happening. I mean, they post these online too. All I mean, pretty much everything the FDA does ends up getting posted online. It's public record, and they have hundreds of warning letters on there. And most of them are for like camels and you know cigarettes. They haven't issued, a, as far as I know, they haven't issued a single warning letter for a cigar. I don't that to happen until at least after our grace period is up. Okay, interesting. Um interesting so yeah i don't know i'm still naked so give me the reverse side of the coin is you're very positive well obviously you think it could go another way how could it go negative okay good ask me again now i can hear you okay. all right um so you're obviously very positive on the whole situation you've got some first-hand knowledge but the fda is an unknown beast it could go sideways quickly how could it go sideways from your perspective for a brand? Like, let's just use Jossum Crowl. That's our example for the rest of the show. Yeah, absolutely. The worst case scenario would be they come back and give me a, a NSE, uh, which means it's not, not substantially equivalent. equivalent. And I don't have permission to market the product, or I guess Jossum Crawl doesn't have permission to market the product. Um, at that point, the grace period doesn't matter. Uh, his product would have to come off the market immediately. Okay. Ouch. Yep. What's the uh, appeal pretty, process like, or is that something that we're yeah, there? Do there is an appeal process. Um, I haven't really looked too much into it, um, but there is an appeal process. So, okay. So, what's the benefit of actually filing early versus letting other people trailblaze uh, and then filing the last day? Uh, there really isn't much of one. I mean, the only thing that I'm telling my clients is go ahead and file your new stuff now. 
if it doesn't even exist, it doesn't matter. You can still file it. Uh, we know exactly what the contents or the ingredients are going to be. You know what the size and weight of the specific Vitola is going to be. Uh, so all the information you need is, is available. So if they come back and tell you you can't sell something that doesn't exist, you didn't lose anything, and you're ahead of the game on, the, on creating new stuff. Um, as for stuff that you're already selling, I'm telling people to wait right now. Uh, wait until at least you have uh, the, or at least I have, or whoever that is handling their FDA has an approved substantial equivalent. So at least they know the exact format that the FDA is looking for and then submit them all at once. I, I personally don't want to file 2000 some reports and then have to change them all because they want something different. I don't want to do that either. Right. So um, I'm, I'm saying you might as well wait. The only, I was, I'm actually just, a little bit with this uh, new 90-day delay on things because this was going to be the wake-up call, I felt, for the FDA to realize how many SKUs are in the, uh, the cigar industry because, like I was saying, how, how do they expect to manage substantial equivalent reports for 100,000 SKUs um, if they can barely handle, you know, a couple thousand at a time? over a couple of years. So I was hoping I don't that know. happened. That's good, yeah, that's a good question. I think you can take yeah, the 90 day delay in a couple of different ways. It could mean that they're just like, okay, people need more time. So let's give them an extra 90 days. But it could also yeah. mean that there are, are additional considerations being taken from the FDA side and they don't want to move on anything yet. Since basically and nothing has gone into effect yet. Or so or they could or they could be saying yeah. Rocket ship. I don't know. I, I'm just starting to realize what kind of animal I'm tangling with. I need to get my head better wrapped around this so I can really screw these guys over. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, the, it was definitely a mutual agreement. I, I'm I'm not an attorney, like so I don't know the entire court processes of things. Um, but I, I I'm I'm pretty sure it was a mutual agreement on all sides. And from the FDA, if they started to realize even how big the cigar industry is and them having to reassess, can we actually, you know, with the resources we have, and that's another problem. If, if they don't have the resources to, to do this, um, there's only one way for them to get it. And uh, they can't get it on their own. <laughs> so, yeah. They can't just say we're going to spend more money or they can't say we're going to raise our, our fees to start billing you. They have to get permission from the, the office of, of management so and budget. Okay. So, okay, another question. So there has not been, there's been what, cigar-wise? You said two or three grandfathered products approved? I, 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 I think, think it was think a total of 11. On um, premium, yeah. It's like 10 or so of premium cigars, and there's probably another – 30 or so of not so premium stuff like flavored cigars okay. yeah black and milds and stuff like that like, yeah okay so has there been an application which uses a substantial or a grandfathered product that has been approved through the substantial equivalence process no. yet as far as i know no or none of the new products anyway, so it's not just cigars, uh, but none of the new products that have come out have received uh, an SE order to giving them permission to sell. So, okay. and that, and that That's couldn't the key. happen. And that couldn't happen even until a predicate product existed product exactly. or, or was approved. So and now that those do exist, they can start submitting theirs. And that's why I think I'm, I may end up with the first one. Um, if the other companies, like it's all Titus and Ortega, if they did not submit a substantial equivalence at the same time that they submitted their, their predicate product, um, they would be now doing that now. I mean, they're not going to have it for another year. I, I submitted them at the same time. So I are, I'm already five months into uh, my substantial equivalent process. And I'm assuming it's going to take about a year for the entire substantial equivalence process. So I'm, I'm thinking within three to six months, the first one's gonna come out. Okay. So really the whole, the thing all hinges on, dude, is that the thing for orange, orange is the new black? Yeah, yeah, my wife's watching that. And <laughs> oh my God. Tell her to get off the internet. She's using it on the day Ben went. 
I mean, it's a dog so, house. I'd be sleeping on the porch. You'd be sleeping on the porch <laughs> with all the cicadas. Uh, all right. So really, the, the argument is going to come down to, is it going to be possible for someone to, I guess, first, let's say, let me use Igan Orson as an example, has, you know, grandfathered products. Can they use grandfathered products <laughs> to Give me a bring in? I'm going to ask her to turn it off. All right. Go ahead. All right. We can talk for a minute. Now he's Logan, what are you smoking? I'm curious. I'm smoking. Uh, and, 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 oh, okay, so turn it down. Uh, I don't know what I just said in Spanish, but uh, I'm smoking. Uh, I found some uh, colored projects in the back of the Humi. Oh, nice. Which one? I'm smoking the Mysterioso Maduro. Oh, that's a good one. I'm smoking the, the JSK. I have to remember how to pronounce it. I think it's Cernanock. Uh, it's yeah, the that's good. JSK Broadleaf. It's pretty good. I'm I, I'm liking it. Doesn't Noel make all of his cigars? Yeah. What's that? Doesn't Noel Rojas and Brandon uh, Hayes or Mays or whatever his name is make all of his cigars? That's correct. That's what I thought. Okay. So my question is: so really, let's that's use Ivan Norson for for example. Is they have grandfathered products. So if they have a grandfathered product, I think it would be a pretty fair stretch to say, you know, if you're using all Agonors and tobacco, it's probably, you know, substantially equivalent. There are other stuff that's come out. But I think really the argument would be like, let's use um, one of your brands that you're working on that has a grandfathered product, and you try to use that product for Jossum Crawl. I think that'll be the really the telling piece if that's going to happen or not. What do you think? I actually didn't get the full question because it was cutting in and out. Um, okay. All right. So I'll, I'll talk past it. Like someone like Agonorsa, right? Like uh, Agonorsa, Casa Fernandez, they have grandfathered products. <laughs> For them to do a substantially equivalent made in the same factory using the same tobacco, I don't think it's a stretch. But I think where the crux of this argument will come down of how hard this is going to be is if you can use an Agonorsa grandfathered product to get substantial clovets for, say, Jossum Crow. <laughs> Made it a different factory, different years, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I can definitely see someone being concerned about, I don't know if you can still hear me, and I apologize, uh, with characteristics. And as long as those characteristics are all equal or very similar, uh, you can use that as a predicate product and, and be pretty confident that it'd line up well. Okay. But let me ask, like, you're a little bit of a different story because you're an importer. I mean, I'll, you guys are kind of like almost like a co-op. Everyone's going to benefit from using your grandfathered products. But let's say you're a factory like Casa Fernandez. Unless, I mean, like, obviously they might help out Elusio and they might help out Viaje or some of the brands <laughs> they work with. But why would they share? What's their incentive to help out anybody else? Yeah, they, they wouldn't have actually any incentive at all to help anybody. And I'm pretty sure... Um, they were hoping that nobody would be able to use their uh, grandfather products, but unfortunately, it, anybody can use their grandfather products. But can they not file a protest? No. Nope. Hey, it, they cannot, really. Nope. There's no way. It's public record. And all you have to do is show that your product is substantially equivalent to any product that was uh, on the market prior to 2000 or as of uh, 2007. So it, that's the only criteria. Uh, they don't care who made it or, or what country it came from. Uh, as long as they're those characteristics uh, that they are and what looking are the to compare the ingredients, materials, oh. which happen to be the exact same thing in cigars, uh, design, which would be like the size of the cigar uh, how it's consumed or how it's 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 lit. Uh, gosh, kind of blinking right now, but that's pretty much it. I mean, you, they have a they want to know the size, the, the length, the diameter, uh, what it's made out of. Uh, yeah. Then do you not send cigars for them to test them? No, they do not. Want, they do not want samples. What? No, they do not want samples. They don't want samples. No. Nope. Interesting, because that was a big hmm. talking point. Uh, like right before the FDA 
regulation really came out, everybody was saying they were buying testing machines and they were going to yeah. be testing the nicotine. No, I don't doubt that at all. I don't doubt that at all. Uh, that they would but they're not requesting them for any no. applications at this point. Okay. Logan, we forgot to take our first break. That's so okay. Right now, I'll say that we are uh, Cigar Chat is brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha, the, make it, the makers of the world's finest cigars, try the 93-rated Heritage today or the new Heritage Maduro, available at all BNMs where fine cigars are sold. That's, that's a true statement. Um, it is. said it. It's true. Um, so, okay. So, and you're doing substantial equivalence reports on, like, Jossum Crow on an individual Vitola, like a blend in a Vitola, or is it a blend with all the Vitolas in one product in one application? He just, went, he just went straight Durka. <laughs> straight Gurkha. No, not Gurkha, Durka. Oh, Durka. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> but no, not Gurkha, dog. Hey, man, you know what you should be drinking? Shameless plug. Some Nicaraguan Eagle. Hey, I already had, I told you, my wife got me that 28 ounce coffee cup. I already had my 28 ounces of Lane coffee today. And do you think it should go in the barrel for longer? I do. I think uh, I was actually doing a little research just to kind of figure it out. And it looks like most of the other companies that do barrel aging do about two months. That was. But they do it pre-roast. So they, they put it in the barrel oh. and then roast it. No, no, no. You put it in and then you roast it. But okay. see, but then, like, see, I read both. And when I was doing my research, I know we're off topic here. But like, if you do it, so they're doing it post-roast or pre-roast? Post-roast. Or pre-roast, pre-roast, sorry. That's what I'm doing, pre-roasted. No, okay. They're doing their barrel aging and then they then they're roast. roasted. That's what I did too. Okay, I thought you roasted it and then barrel aged No, it. God, no, because then it would be two weeks old. It'd be all stanky. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I didn't think about that. And besides, after that point, all the beans are doing are off-gassing and they're not going to soak anything up. Yeah. The goal is to try to dry it. I'm about to give away the trade secret. You want to get the beans dried out because they're like a cigar, right? They admit moisture. They have a relative moisture content. The idea is to lower that moisture content a couple percent, and then you put them in the barrel so they naturally absorb. Yeah, absorb. There you go. All right. Let's just say now I know the secret. Now, yeah, you know, uh, but you don't know how I do it. Let's just say That's the true. Texas sun is quite the beer. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, Andrew, back to you. You can go off mute anytime. I think your internet's better because your wife's off the TV show. Um, so is it all Vitolas in one report or a different report for every every Vitola, every facing? <clears throat> every facing essentially is going to be turned into its own substantial equivalence. You can submit them as a bulk report, uh, as many as you want within it. Uh, but once the FDA receives it, they do split it up into individual ones. Uh, so, yeah. Basically, you're saying all of this part of the report is the same, and this portion yeah, is different exactly. for each of you. Okay. And, and I'll put in like a, an appendix. I don't know. I should <laughs> I should be saying as much as I am, but uh, I submitted an appendix with a huge list of all of the size that references each one with a skew. So that way, because they do want the size, the length, and the diameter, and the weight of all the cigars, so they can go back and rep, uh, reference it on the appendices. Sure. How many pages is a report? I'm curious. <laughs> Mine was 12. That's not too bad. No. I was thinking it'd be like 100. No. There's a part of it called uh, the environmental assessment. That's another one that they really don't give a lot of information. Uh, you're basically supposed to, or anything that they evaluate, they're supposed to also evaluate its effect on the environment. So you're supposed to tell them how... I mean, how much waste the, the product produces and stuff like that. But, <clears throat> I mean, the products, when you look at it, because I, I miss, I miss with brands that are pretty small. And when you look at the volume on their own, it's absolutely inconsistent. Or it, it, it doesn't mean anything, the amount. Uh, but aren't cigar butts all biodegradable anyways? Exactly. And that's part of what I listed in my environmental assessment that, I mean, pretty much 100% of the product is uh biodegradable I and mean, there's some inks on the bands and stuff and the gold uh like the embossing stuff that's not necessarily biodegradable but uh maybe some of the, the papers maybe are plastic right the bands have some plastic in them but other than that the boxes i mean even the cellophane cellophane um is biodegradable yeah so huh. 
So I'd actually like to do some shout outs if I can. Uh, of course. I mean, you know, working the working in the industry, you get to meet a lot of the brand owners uh, personally. And, and I wanted to do specifically a big shout out to um, Oscar Valladares and Jim Robinson. Um, both of them have, have been with me for, for quite some time now, and I appreciate them very much. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today uh, without either of them. Um, and I also wanted to give a good uh, good wishes to uh, Mo uh, with the Patina Cigars and Mombacho. He's just uh, coming out with his new cigar. We He'll actually be on the show next week to talk about it. Yeah, I think I remember. I smoked it. Yeah. I smoked it. I liked it. I, I definitely mean what I'm doing is I get to see the companies when they're small. I mean, they're just getting started all, all the way where where Oscar and Jim have gotten, uh, which is pretty incredible. So uh, I, w- I wish them all the best uh, and thank you. So how many importers are taking on the filing of these SE reports? Are you the only importer that's doing this? I, I believe so. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of importers are kind of secretive. Um, you don't really know who they are. That's like the industry didn't even really know who I was other than the manufacturers that, that worked with me. Um, so I don't really even know what all they're doing, but as far as I know, I'm who's asked, um, everybody else I know, uh, is on their own essentially. So, I mean, I have friends in the industry that don't work with me, uh, that, I mean, that's pretty much the, what they're looking at. Doing it themselves. Uh, no, well, or paying an attorney to do oh, it. Oh, a lot of them are just wait, taking the wait and see because they do have time uh, to see what happens. So they're not running and shelling out a bunch of money on this and, until they know they have to. Right. And that, that's that's the biggest downside. And I, I may be positive, of, of, but I'm being positive as like a counter to how much negativity there has actually been. I do not agree with the FDA regulation one bit. I do not think they should have the authority to do what they're doing. Um, I do believe it is a burden on small businesses. Like for my clients, uh, a lot of them, I mean, I, I have brands that maybe do 10,000 sticks a year. That's it. Um, oh. There's no... There's no way they're going to be able to afford uh, to pay attorney fees to do this or take the time away from their businesses to learn how to do this on their own. Um, they'd go be out of business just studying the FDA regulations. So, so I mean, hell, the color projects did more than that by a lot. That's crazy. Um, so how, I'm really curious. So how many clients have you picked? Let's take another break. What? John's going to kill me for not taking the breaks in the first place. All right, just take a break. No, take, a break. take a break. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Cigar Chat is brought to you by Cigar Oasis. Cigar Oasis are the market leaders and innovators in electronic humidification. Are your cigars protected by a Cigar Oasis product? Set it and forget it today. Mine are. Mine I got are. the beads. Logan's I got are. The beads. I got the beads, ma'am. We just uh, set it and we forget it. Yeah, well, kind of. Until it needs more water. Well, yeah. Um, so let me ask, how many clients have you picked up from the distribution for distribution clients because you're doing all this for them at no cost because you're just a great human being? Actually, not a lot, surprisingly. I'm shocked. Um, I am freaking yeah, shocked. I am too, to be honest. Uh, and I think a lot of it is because there are a lot of heavy hitters that are known in the industry um, that are also uh, spending a lot of time focusing on the FDA and compliance. And as in nobody really knows who I am, I don't have a lot of that uh, I guess, fame to go along with it, to, to give it any credibility. So, I mean, I don't blame anybody for having their doubts about the things that I'm saying. Um, and again, like I said, I'm only going off my experiences. Uh, so it is what it is. <laughs> right. I just want to keep, I'm not looking to make money off of the, the FDA regulation. I just want to keep working just as anybody else does. So um, I, they have the same, I mean, that's their goal too, is just to keep working. And a lot of them, I mean, they have the money to pay for attorneys and and they can't risk it. I mean, they can't risk losing everything. So, but I don't take offense to it. Right. Okay. That's interesting. So, I mean, I mean, I haven't, I have not personally imported cigars, but I've used importers to import cigars before. I mean, it's kind of interesting because if you get your brands approved, once you're you're doing distribution, not only are they going to work with you forever um, because they're going to love you, but I can't believe more people haven't started using you. I'm kind of shocked. Yeah, me as well. Me as well. I mean, I've gotten a number of, uh, you know, and I, and I don't want to offend anybody by, by saying they're a small company. Everybody starts somewhere. I mean, I've gotten a couple of, of small brands uh, that, you know, they're 
they're, they're not anybody that most people have heard about. They're usually like regional people around the country that, you know, right. a friend will just say, Hey, you know, you should, you know, check out what Andrew's doing here. I mean, being they can't afford an attorney anyways, you know, and they're paying for another importer to, to, to work for them. So it's kind of a no brainer uh, for the small companies. And those are the ones I really want to work with anyway. I mean, I, I appreciate having uh, large clients. I wouldn't turn a single one of them away. Uh, but I, I just love working with the, the small companies and, and watching them grow uh, and seeing the just the passion that they have uh, for the, what they're doing. And I want to make sure that that continues. How many cigars did you import all brands last year in 2016? 2.2 million. 2.2 million. Okay. I'm trying to do the math to figure out how much you made based on what I pay the importer. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, have employed. Nice, I actually nice have employees. Chunk, my too, nice so. little chunk there, buddy. Oh well, I mean, maybe you're paying too much. We should be talking after the show. <laughs> no, no joke. No, no joke. No, it ain't no joke. I'm getting raked over the coals, I think. But hey, when you're as savvy as a marketer as I am, hey, it doesn't really matter. Pennies and cents, right? Okay. So you know what? I feel a little better. You know, I'm still not bullish like you are. I think the key will be. Once I, I think here's, I'm going to put my line in the sand. Once I see a brand like Jocelyn Crowley who has no predicated products or no predicate date products, and he gets his application in based on extensional equivalents of someone else's product, then I'll be very bullish. But until then, I'm still very bearish. Well, he's what I got. He's what I got currently applied. Uh, and I, I know. I'm, I'm going to be waiting patiently. I'm using a black patch uh, selects. It's a cigar that's uh, out of, it's even a different country. Uh, and that cigar has been around for quite a bit longer than the, the even the substantial equivalence requirement. So, um, and I'm fortunate enough to have uh, them as clients as well. So, and they've opened up their, their portfolio to me. I also have another client. I mean, I actually have about a hundred total uh, grandfather products. Uh, I only applied for one because that's all I really felt I needed at this point. Um, but I can definitely, with we have time, I could apply them more once that time comes. So how many hours does it set there to take you to do one 12-page report? But actually, the, the report itself is actually pretty quick now because um, I got templates. Uh, there, So it's pretty much going to be the same information between every cigar. You just punk, uh, punch in the, uh, you know, the sizes and the weights and the manufacturer and a bunch of other information that's unique to that cigar. Uh, but like I said, I've probably spent... Whoa. Oh. I was just thinking his audio was so good, even though his video was bad. I was thinking your audio was good, even though your video was bad, and then your audio came out completely. Oh. <laughs> um, so I don't know where you where I left off, man. Um, it was something about you only needed one grandfather product. You'd spent how many hours? Oh, you had yeah, yeah, yeah. I, something. I've spent about a thousand total hours, I think, over the past year. On FDA, most of that's probably talking with clients, uh, but I'd say probably about 300 hours is what I've spent uh, on actual regulation. All right, let's take our last break. John's gonna have to like move these around or something. Uh, Logan, who is our last segment brought to us by? Drew Estate. Mmm, they good. Back to you, Trip. <laughs> uh, so I've got a couple more audience questions to go through. This is, I, I think this is an interesting one. It's kind of a softball one, but where do you see Tobacco's Mundial in five years? Are you going to be the biggest importer in the state? Or are you gonna I, I hope, I, I hope I'm still in business. <laughs> oh, we lost. Um, like, we I, I think I'm right now with about a quarter of a percent of the entire industry as, as in volume. So uh, I, as long as I'm still in business, I'm happy. Uh, I, I hope. You know, I get the first SE report and then all the world's going to, you know, or all of the industry is going to be uh, coming my way. You'll be but, all you know, over half wheel. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, say, who the F is this That's Andrew, all right. Bro. I mean, like I said, I, I'm happy with where I'm at. Um, I'm in the Dominican Republic. I work from home. I, I literally could live in any country I wanted to. Um, and and with, as long as there's phone and Internet, I can do my job. So... And I, I provide work for other people as well. So I, I just feel completely blessed with where I'm at already. I don't even really think five years ahead. I, as long as I'm in business, I'm happy. But thank you for asking that. That was from uh, Bob Dog. 
Good old buddy. Can you Dr. import coffee? Yes, I actually have. Uh, anybody actually can import coffee. Uh, really? You don't need any special permission to do that. No, anybody can import coffee. There you Way go. To talk. Yeah, as, as long as it's not a, a federally regulated uh, substance not, or product, uh, you don't need any special permission. Huh. We need to have a combo because I'm getting middled over here. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting middled out? Yeah, you, middled. you usually get green coffee from from source for maybe about a dollar a pound. I know it. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, typically, depending on where it is, right? I mean, yeah. it fluctuates based on the, the commodities market, which I think last time I checked was like $1.54 or $1.50 or whatever. But yeah, I mean, there's stuff that's more expensive out of Kenya and stuff. But I mean, good. Yeah, Nicaragua, you should be able to get it dollar, dollar and a half. Okay, this is interesting. I'm glad we had this show. This has been quite a I, I, I knew as soon as I started talking to Andrew that he was going to be a good guest for you, Logan. We couldn't have done the show without you. Well, because I'm asking all the questions because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of misinformation out there. Oh, there's a like ton. There's, there's a lot of misinformation. And not saying what Andrew has not talked to us for 50 minutes has been a bunch of misinformation either, but it's most logically thought out thing I've heard. Um, I still, like I said, I'm still not bullish, uh, but I'm still bearish. But like, if I could see like an example of Jocelyn Crow using like you said, black, 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 black tiger paw. Black, black patch? patch select. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> black patch, like a, a like a cotton like a patch. Cotton patch or cotton? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. And who who the hell makes that cigar? It's a company out of uh, Pittsburgh. I've never even heard of Pittsburgh it. Out of, I think they're in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's in Philadelphia. <laughs> is that the Those one place? Different places. Is that the one place they're sold? Um. I don't know exactly. I just import them. So I just import point, them and hand them off and take yeah. their money. That's all I do. I mean, that's pretty much all I do for them. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay. And well, handle the FDA. I'm very curious. Once, and I'm sure I'll see all about it with Risty Buck over the internet. But once I see Black Patch <sighs> take a Jossum Crow to the top, then I'm I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in. Yeah, we have we have a joke. If we get that before. Uh, if we get it before uh, IPCPR, we're gonna uh, make some flavor flav, uh, you know, like key or necklaces with a big, oh huge thing with them printed out in the middle, walking down the aisles with that. Oh my God, he would, he definitely would. I'm curious. I mean, I'm very curious to see how this is gonna shake out. Very curious. Uh, Andrew Chris Arolfo just wants to say hey. I like Chris. Oh hey Chris, how you doing? That? That's Cabal. That hey, I know. Oh okay. Cabal. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, he's a he's got a brewery as well, uh, yeah. down uh, in Houston area. You mean a beer uh, shop? Great guy. Yeah. Oh no, I they, they make beer. Yeah, it's you a make brewery beer and tap house. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. I don't remember the last time we talked was last IPC Fair. I didn't know there was a, a beer house or brewing. <laughs> I just knew that he had beer. His cigars are made in the DR uh, by Kellner. Uh, they're pretty good. They're okay. They're okay, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> they're a little too Davidoffy for me. I say that they're made by Kellner. I, I know, hence a little too. That but his price point, I can tell you, his price point. I can give, to guarantee you that. <laughs> I sell the cigar, bro. I know, man. Got all the stuff. I know all that. I know Anwar. I know all those clowns, all those crazy fools. But anywho, all right, I'm done asking questions. Ask an audience question, Trip. Um, we don't really have any other audience questions. Uh, there's one about whether the deadline for warning labels is pushed back 90 days. I believe it is, right? Yeah, nothing specifically has come out about that. Um, but from my understanding, it would be. I mean, I mean it's five every, days away now, right? Yeah, every date that was currently on the books uh, gets pushed back 90 days. Okay. Uh, I have seen, though, uh, in print that the uh, that the the requirement of having the warning label itself on the box has been pushed 90 days and the application process is supposed to be a year so that would indicate that the the deadline to apply because actually it says that, that, that now i got the answer is the warning label plan has to be submitted uh, by may 10th 2017 or 12 months before marketing the product whichever is shorter okay so. And, and Chris says they don't make beer. What's that? Chris, I thought Chris I says they, they do not make beer. It's just a beer shop and tap room. It just sells beer. And they enjoy their okay cigars. <laughs> well, well, if you did, I'd drink it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
Probably tastes, probably tastes like a freaking Davidoff. <laughs> be mushroomy? It'd be all mushroomy and musky. Just kidding. I love you, Chris. I'm actually be in Houston tomorrow. FYI. I, you don't want to see Chuck Murphy. <laughs> Tearing up Houston? No, dude. Raging. Trip. You're out of questions, Logan? I, I'm out of questions. I'm done spun up. All right. Friday so night. We're, I mean, we're, we're almost done with the, the AFRN segment of the show. Anyway. So, Andrew, do you have a website or anything where people can reach you? I actually don't. Um, I, I'm not exactly a, you know, a social flower. And, uh, I appreciate my privacy. So I, I don't really like a work website. Advertise. No, I actually don't. Um, and that's the, the so most if, amazing thing in the world to me that I've, I've been as successful as I have uh, without it. <laughs> if one of these people listening or watching wants to get in contact with you, how can they get in touch? Uh, my Andrew at Tobacco's Mundial, uh, just like it said in the, uh, the announcement or the headline of the, the, uh, the podcast at tobaccosmundial.com. Andrew right. at tobaccosmundial.com. What does Mundial mean? It, it's tobacco or tobaccos, obviously, and Mundial is worldwide. So, or of the world. Prestige worldwide. Uh, you should have called it Prestige worldwide. That'd have been better. Worldwide tobacco. I know. Tobacco of the world. Miss my joke. I don't and know. And has Howard Bradley sued you yet? Oh no, no. Actually, I, I recently found out about that, and I don't think. I mean, I don't really make cigars and market them, so I'm not exactly in the, the same industry as, as them. Uh, they actually know I exist. Uh, I don't know if they know the name of my company, but uh, we have some we have some mutual, uh, I guess, business uh, relationships. Okay. Interesting. So okay. I know I've been talked to them or about me. Okay. I'm just curious. Yeah. Logan, James Lay wants to know if this is the best cigar chat ever since you haven't talked that much and since um, you ran out of questions. No, that's never happened. The only time that's ever happened was when we had uh, Kendall, Col- Kendall Colbertson on. And he answered like all these crazy tobacco questions for me. Most of the time, I'm just really freaking bored. Just people in this industry are stupid. I'm just kidding. I don't mean that. Sure. But a lot of times they come on like, I use level nine Cuban rollers and I have the best. I go, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Taboo.com is all I got to say about that. <laughs> that was the best show. That was, I was so livid at that show. He just, he crossed me the wrong way. You don't import that guy, do you? Which one? Taboo. T-A-B-E. No, no. I actually almost did, I think, a long time ago. I'm so it glad you did, because I would have asked you right there. <laughs> I would have asked you right there, my brother. That brings us to the end of our AFRN segment. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe. Uh, we'll be on again next week. with. Thanks for having me on, guys. Tina. Oh, sorry. <laughs>